This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Singapore has long been associated with the rat race, where the pursuit of academic excellence is often the number one priority many parents have for their children. But this attitude appears to be changing, with more parents now willing to support their kids' pursuits in areas outside of studies, and this includes elite-level sport. Hi, and welcome to ST Sports Talk. My name is Azali Abdulaziz, and on this episode, my colleague on the ST Sports desk, Laura Chia, and I are pleased to invite Ms. Vera Ong and Mr. David Chua, who are among a group of parents who have gone against the traditional grain and thrown their full support behind their children's sporting pursuits. Vera is the mother of 19-year-old tennis player Ethan Lai, who has largely been based abroad since 2012 honing his skills, while David is the father of 25-year-old national badminton player Grace who has represented Singapore at three SEA Games and the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast in 2018. So welcome, Vera and uh, David, uh, and, and thank you for taking the time to, to share your experiences and your stories with us. Yeah, no problem. Pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Okay, uh, perhaps we can start uh, with, with a question on, you know, when uh, you decided uh, you would give your child, you know, that 100% backing for their pursuit of sport. Uh, was there a, a defining moment? Vera, let's let's start with you. Yeah, sure. Um, not really. I think it was sort of a build-up and different factors coming together. Um, for us, it was, you know, I mean, Ethan's obsession with the sport from a very young age. And, um, you know, then the first opportunity, I guess, came when uh, uh, the coach in Thailand offered us a scholarship and suggested to us that we should move him there full-time. So it's more sort of that, you know, you know, somebody suggesting it and then you thinking about it and going, okay, you put a few things together and go, okay, maybe we can make this work. Um, and, and, and what about you, David? Well, for myself or rather my daughter, uh, she had taken part in her first competition at primary two. This was a national competition organized by the Singapore Badminton Association, and she did very well uh, by beating the incumbent, you see, the, her opponent at the finals, and she was invited to join the national junior squad. But she was only in primary two, so <laughs> I didn't think it was a very good idea, you know, because all the rigorous training and all my, uh, you know, might push her too much and uh, we just wanted her to enjoy. So we rejected the offer at primary two. And the next year at primary three, there's again some 17 years ago, uh, she got offered again. And this time I thought I had better put more serious thought into it. So I talked to some people who I felt were you know, more knowledgeable. And I spoke to a uh, long-time revered school teacher in Anglo-Chinese school by the name of Ong Ai Take. Then I said, would my daughter suffer a burnt out? That's my greatest fear. And he said to me, David, you don't have to be afraid. Children are very adaptable. You know, they can take all, all this. So after that, I felt more assured and I discussed with my wife and both of us uh, decided to allow her 
to join the national badminton junior squad. Just a follow up on that, David, um, and also Vira, but but perhaps uh, David first. Um, so you did have some misgivings uh, at first, right? For for both of you, like you said, you know, primary two. Um, for Vira, uh, Ethan was also very young. Um, did you have any concerns about the effects um, sport could have on their studies, or or was it? Uh, in other areas of their life that, that you were worried it, it might have affected them if, if they took sports uh, too seriously? Well, not not really. I mean, uh, I, I've never played sport, uh, you know, to a competitive level of, you know, national and so on. Uh, although I, I love sport, but uh, I, I never feared that her studies would suffer or social activities. But of course, along the way, uh, Many sacrifices came along, so I I won't say uh, I won't say that there were many misgivings uh, at that point of time, uh, but I certainly had more along the way. <laughs> but I I will only share if you think it is uh, you know interesting. But I would say at that point of time, I just wanted to give her every opportunity and just let her uh, enjoy, you know. Uh, let her enjoy, let her experience, and let her, well, just develop her potential. Uh, and Vera, uh, what was it like for you? Did you have any hesitance uh, or, or concerns early on, particularly? Um, you know, not really. And I think it also boils down to the per- our pers- our own personalities. You know, I mean, obviously, being Ethan, being that young, we did make some of those decisions on his behalf, and I think. Personally, I'm kind of, I, I, I like to take paths that are not trodden before. And I, you know, I don't really put to, I'm not the kind of planning kind of person that I, I kind of think, I'm all, always the sort that if I see an opportunity ahead of me, I just kind of grab it, you know, and then yeah. we'll see what happens, you know. It's kind of K-Sera, Sera like that. And it's because I think I realize in life, there is only so much you can plan for. And I mean, even with all the good intentions and all the good planning, things can change on you. So to me, it's sort of, well, let's just, you know, roll with it. And then if uh, something comes up at, at some point, some juncture, then you you reassess and, you know, you you readjust your plans. So I'm never a big believer of planning, you know, having five-year, 10-year plans because I, I guess you've gone through enough to know that those things don't always materialize. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was in full recognition that this was risky. This was, you know, uh, not a tried and tested route. Um, but yeah, I guess I, it's safe to say we were, we were willing to take those risks. Then over the years, what was the biggest challenge that you as a parent have had to manage in Ethan's journey in sport? Um, as David alluded to, I mean, there are obviously many along the way, but I think one thing that um, stands out as being the most traumatic or whatever was um, that the time when he, uh, we were, had all our plans set on going to the US and, um, you know, we, that was in between Thailand and Sydney and we were, it was all green light and we were, everything worked out perfectly, six months of planning and we had booked our air tickets book the two kids in schools there and everything. And then, you know, I mean, to cut a long story short, you know, literally at the 11th hour that was pulled under our, our feet. So 
And then we had no plan, you know, <laughs> and it was like, I think the first time in my life as a parent where, you know, you had two young kids looking at you going, oh, where are we going to school? What, what happens next week? And I had no answers. And you look at them and they, you know, they always expect you at that age to have all the answers. And when you didn't have an answer, it was really, really tough, um, you know, and to, to admit to them that you had no plan, <laughs> you had no idea what was going to happen next week um, and where they were going to go to school, what was going to happen in their life. Yeah, I, I guess. And, and I, I guess that was a really uh, defining moment for us to, to really know ourselves, how, how far we want to take this and whether we were willing to keep pushing or do we give up or do we say, well, this is, you know, too tough. Um, I think Ethan had to address that. We had to address that as a family. So yeah, it, it was good though. I mean, it, and that, as to what I said in the beginning, you know, you can plan all you want and things happen and you have to be ready to just sort of roll with the punches. Okay. And uh, David, what about you? Like in Grace's journey in sport, what was the biggest challenge that you faced as a parent? I think uh, Grace's uh, badminton journey uh, involves... Uh, going on badminton competitions around the world. And uh, of course, we are very uh, thankful and we, we know that the Singapore Badminton Association uh, is with her. You know, they try and organize a, a safe uh, hotel and they've got a coach and things like that, you know. And as long as you obey the rules and all that's fine. But um, sometimes they go for multiple competitions and I remember she went on a competition to Mongolia and after the con competition was over, she had to fly immediately to uh, Russia in St. Petersburg. So she had to transit in a big city in China and after that, you know, change her flight to Russia. So when she arrived, her luggage never, never came and um, that was because you know, the airport was so busy in China and they, they got it mixed up and they took one week to find her luggage, you know. And her competition was just about to begin the next day. I mean, she could borrow, borrow a jersey because it needed a Singapore name and so on. But other things she had to buy, like her shorts, uh, all her underwear, her socks. She even had to buy uh, shoes, you know. I mean, can, can you uh, beat that? She had to buy uh, sport shoes. And so it was really challenging for her. And by the time the luggage arrived, which was nearly one week later, she had just completed the semifinals. So, I mean, these are some of the things when you're so far away and she tells you, oh, dad, I, I've lost this. Uh, this hasn't arrived and all that. We, we can't do much. We just, uh, you know, just pray for her. Uh, one, one more incident was when her handphone was stolen. Uh, and on, on another trip to Russia, her handphone was stolen in St. Petersburg. And, and this was a private trip, a private trip in a sense that uh, my wife and Grace uh, went to two competitions in Russia, but on one of the competitions, her handphone was stolen. And she had to look for a police station. And their police stations don't look like ours, you know, with the word pol police and all that. And she's got to hunt around and nobody could help her because of her language. And even when she found policemen along the way, they couldn't understand her. <laughs> so finally, she, she, 
she went to a building and this building was just a plain concrete building, no signs, nothing, a big door. And nobody could go in, you know, until she saw some policemen coming out and then she managed to, to go in. And so these are just some of the uh, very interesting moments huh? in, in uh, my daughter's life. And when she shared with me, you know, we are, we are just uh, uh, thinking of her all the time. So let me come to the, my biggest challenge, the biggest challenge I've had to deal with. Again, as I mentioned, it was uh, one of those uh, more private trips where sometimes we decided that uh, beyond what Singapore Badminton had planned for her, we would send her for additional competitions. And one of them was to uh, Russia. And Russia, there were two competitions, one after another. One was in um, St. Petersburg, which is more in Europe, Northern Europe. And the other was in Vladivostok, which is the far east, far eastern side, very close to Japan and to uh, Korea. So they spent one week in St. Petersburg. We had visas all done, uh, competition uh, was over. And after that, they made their journey within Russia from one end of Russia to the other end, the European end to the Far East end, and they arrived, and then the competition went on. So everything was fine and smooth. Until the last day when everything was uh, finished, they were about to leave the country at the airport, then suddenly the immigration stopped my wife. You see, my wife had to accompany her because you need someone to be the at least unofficial coach. So my wife was stopped. And the reason she was stopped was they said, you didn't have a visa. And the thing is, to us, Russia is one country, you know. So we have a visa. But they are all different parts of Russia. So you needed different, different visas. So in the end, uh, she had to appear before the judge in a court. We had to engage a lawyer. And, and so on. And it was, uh, you know, it was really so difficult. Uh, in the end, they, they allowed my daughter to leave without my wife. And my wife was all alone. So as parents, uh, you know, uh, she really went through a lot. Nah. But we, 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 we thank God everything uh, was okay. But I think she'll be fearful of ever stepping back into, uh, into Russia again. If you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our podcast ST Sports Talk on your favourite audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our chat. We know how people are like, you know, they, they talk, you know, sometimes they criticise. Um, have you encountered any uh, acquaintances or friends or even maybe family members, um, you know, who have told you that, you know, you're wrong uh, you know, to, to back your child's uh, sporting pursuits. Uh, David, maybe you start first uh, on this one. Well, in general, uh, we cannot expect uh, everyone to fully understand huh, the path we have chosen for our daughter, Grace. And uh, I guess people mean well, you know. Singapore is a very uh, focused uh, country on academic uh, excellence. And uh, of course, we also want our daughter to do well, but she has been able to balance. So, I mean, because of that, we have never had any worries. 
but uh, that doesn't uh, prevent you know people who are well intentioned to tell us, oh, uh, do you know what your uh, daughter is sacrificing? You know, I mean, oh, especially taking a gap year uh, from one year becoming three and a half years, and saying that oh, other people have already graduated and your daughter hasn't even started uh, university, you know. But it's okay. We just explain that, you know, this is uh, the life she has chosen. Uh, she's very clear. She knows what she wants. And we just want to uh, support her the best that we can. Uh, and Vera, do, do you um, receive the same, you know, type of uh, criticism, I guess? Uh, and how do you deal with it? Yeah, I think, I mean, not, I think close friends and family, I think they've, you know, they've known us long enough and known Ethan long enough to know that um, uh, this was not a surprise when we did what we did. Uh, but yeah, for sure, we could feel the vibes, you know, of people thinking we were um, taking a, too big a risk, especially because he was so young and we had questions like, well, what happens if he wakes up the next day and says he wants to play basketball and no longer tennis, you know, and you have like, you know, move the whole family and I said, yeah, sure, of course, that could happen. You know, I, you, you'd never know, right? I mean, a child that young. But I said, um, until that point, we're just going to push through because you, you sort of cannot, you cannot base your life on hypotheticals, right? I mean, you can't say this might happen, therefore I don't do this. Or, you know, to me, that's failure from day one, right? If you... Uh, whether and then I think more we got stuff like you know well how how are you so sure that he's going to succeed and they assume I guess that in making such a big decision you have already uh, kind of felt like that there was some guarantee of success because that's how Singaporeans work yeah like you definitely will get to that pot of gold at, at the end of the rainbow right yeah, yeah exactly they're very risk adverse so they need to know that there's some returns on it before they invest but to us, it was never a guarantee. And I think with sport, if you're involved with sport long enough, you know that no matter if you're a federal or whoever you are, injury could fail you at any time. And, you know, not just your decisions in your head, but your body could give up, you know, and, and that nobody can tell. So for us, it was sort of like David say, you explain, but then ultimately, you know that you know what your child wants, you know what your family wants, and you you just go with it. And um we didn't, like I said, we didn't really get so much from close friends and family. Um, but when Ethan was in the media about it, you know, you read comments on social media and there were tons, you know, of people who had a lot of things to say. And, but it was good, I felt. Like, it was good to understand and to have a chance to share. Because I think some people, I mean, you know, you have certain views based on what you don't know and that's the danger right and so I think in us parents who have done it in sharing you know like in this podcast for example I mean I, I willingly do these things because I think it really helps people to understand uh, what they haven't experienced themselves but you know I think people could have better ideas just based on what you have experienced as well and they can come to their own conclusions at least based on some knowledge of what someone else has done if not for themselves so, yeah, I think like David said, it's all in good intentions when people say things like that. But I remind them also about all the sacrifices that they make in Singapore, you yeah. know, spending thousands of dollars on tuition and nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, everyone has different aspirations. You want to aspire to be a you know, top A student, which I never had for my kids. But if you do that, that's great. And you, you, you do sacrifice as a parent, you know, you shuttle them back and forth. 
Okay, and Vera, on that note, um, like to support Ethan's dream, you relocated to Chiang Mai and later Sydney for close to 10 years, right? And now uh, you're both back because Ethan is serving his national service. So what was the toughest part of being away for so long? And at any point while you were living overseas, did you ever question your own decision? Um, again, it's personality. <laughs> I probably do not represent the vast majority, but my personality and since I was the one that that did relocate um, kind of suited this path because I, I actually thrive on change. I actually get very restless. If you put me in one country in one place, I probably would struggle. But I do recognize that for a lot of people, leaving comfort zones and what's familiar is very stressful. And so I would I would probably say it's not for everybody to, to do what we've done. But you know, for me and, uh, but, you know, I, I would challenge people who are even considering this kind of life, right, or this kind of pathway, is that just give it a try, because you just never know yourself, you never, you know, and it's almost addictive to me, you know, like, you do it once, and you, you, you kind of, it's like an adrenaline rush, you know, <laughs> you challenge yourself, you push yourself out of your, your comfort zones, and it becomes like an addiction, like you want to do it again, and you want to push yourself further, you want to do more it's something different and for me that was it so if you ask me and I really in all honesty no I, I never had any issues leaving home and um, uh, you know I went to study university abroad as well so I had that experience myself and I, I knew that I would be okay because I knew that I, I actually thrive in that kind of environment and I think I would say the same for Ethan and, and my daughter Sasha was with us and you know, I, she, she maybe not so much her personality, but she, you know, she went through with it and she went through all the countries with us. And um, I like to think that it, it, she came out of the other end, a more resilient person and a stronger person, even though she wasn't as comfortable as say Ethan was uh, with all the moves. Okay, uh, thanks for that. Then how about uh, for David? Grace is now studying medicine at NTU, right? So do you feel that the three and a half years that she took to train full-time had any adverse effects on her at all? Uh, no, not uh, really. Uh, in fact, she has become more matured. She, you know, and having travelled to so many countries and many of them are not as developed as Singapore and not as safe as Singapore, she can better understand, you know. Uh, so we... We think that even though uh, she's she started late when many of her friends uh, would have already graduated, but this is uh, what she wants to do. And uh, I think she's in the right place at the right time. Uh, that will make her to be a better doctor when she graduates. Uh, the, only, the only maybe, uh, you know, the only thing is that when you are, when you join your cohort, then you are much older. You see, you are much older than everyone, uh, whether it's a boys or the, or the you know the female students. Huh? But I guess it's all right. You get to mix with everybody. Oh? so uh, no regrets uh, whatsoever. 
All right. Uh, that's a wrap for our chat with uh, David Choi and Vera Ong, uh, parents of two national athletes who absolutely deserve uh, our plaudits for their sacrifices in their support of, of their children's sporting dreams. Uh, thank you again uh, for coming on, David. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, having me. And thank you so much, uh, Vera, as well. Yeah, thanks for giving us this chance to share our experiences. And that's a wrap for this episode of ST Sports Talk. We hope you enjoyed listening. You can search for our show, ST Sports Talk, on your favourite audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Like us and rate us. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.